From Pacifica Radio, this is Democracy Now! The fact that, you know, you, you go to any prison in the United States and you will see people doing, you know, young kids doing 10 and 20 and 30 year sentences for selling ounces of cocaine when the men who made the whole problem possible, um, these international cocaine brokers, were in, you know, in the case of the men that I found, were working, <laughs> working with the DEA, working for the DEA on the DEA payroll. Um, at the same time, they were flooding the streets of America with drugs, and. From Pacifica Radio, this is Democracy Now! You have to understand that the word Americans doesn't refer to Americans. Uh, Americans re- refers to the constituency of uh, the New York Times, uh, the people who they meet in elegant restaurants and executive suites and editorial offices and so on. That's Americans. And they're prosperous and smug and they have boundless expectations and for them it's a fairy tale economy. Shattering the fairy tales, America's leading dissident Noam Chomsky speaks out on the myth of a strong U.S. economy. And we speak to an Indonesian activist who escaped Indonesia after being tortured by Suharto soldiers. All that and more coming up on Pacifica Radio's Democracy Now! Welcome to Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman. Indonesia sent armored personnel carriers into the streets of the capital today as thousands continue to demonstrate against the dictator Suharto's grip on power. Up to 20 people were reported killed. The U.S. Embassy urged American citizens to defer non-essential travel to Indonesia and is evacuating family members of embassy staff. Japan and France also cautioned their citizens to stay away. Witnesses said five men were wounded by gunfire. Others said they saw two men shot to death and three others injured in one downtown street today. The House of Indonesia's richest man, Lim Soi Leong, an ethnic Chinese billionaire with close links to Suharto, was reportedly trashed and burned. The headquarters of the Social Affairs Department, headed by Suharto's oldest daughter, Cabinet Minister Siti Haryanti Rukmana, was also gutted by fire. This according to the Associated Press. Suharto left Cairo early yesterday. Meanwhile, the Clinton administration is saying that it has almost no remaining diplomatic leverage with the government of Indonesia to stem the growing violence there. It's decided to dispatch a high-level military delegation to demand that the security forces end their attacks on civilian demonstrators, this according to U.S. officials. They said the delegation of military officers, which is being led by Admiral Joseph Pruer, the commander of all American military forces in the Pacific, is scheduled to travel to Indonesia today to warn their Indonesian counterparts in 
blunt terms that the country could face collapse without restraint by the armed forces. The officials said that Admiral Pruer would make that what one described as a soldier-to-soldier appeal for restraint to General Roronto, the chief of the 400,000-strong Indonesian armed forces. The Indonesian security forces killed at least six students at an elite private college in Jakarta on Tuesday. It's interesting that the U.S. is talking about Indonesian military using restraint when it was just exposed in the Nation magazine that the Pentagon was secretly training Indonesian soldiers in, among other issues, urban warfare. This news from Geneva. Major powers, including China and the United States, lashed out at India at U.N.-sponsored talks on disarmament on Thursday saying its nuclear tests had brought a new threat to South Asia. Pakistan's ambassador kicked off the attacks on its arch foe with a blistering 30-minute speech at the conference on disarmament. Nearly 30 countries addressed the world's sole negotiating forum on disarmament, which also heard India's envoy defend its five underground blasts this week. Japan, Britain, Germany, New Zealand, Australia, and Mexico were among the countries that criticized India. Iran was also due to speak. Cuban leader Fidel Castro, who could cross paths with President Bill Clinton in Geneva on Monday, said Thursday the United States had tried to follow a policy of genocide against the country. The effort to carry out genocide against our people made us multiply our efforts and our desire to survive. This he told the Assembly of the United Nations World Health Organization, clearly referring to the 36-year U.S. embargo on Cuba. And the 71-year-old Castro arrived yesterday for his week-long stay in Switzerland, making his remark at the end of a speech in which he also said extreme free market liberalism was a threat to the planet's poor and its environment. Next Tuesday, he's to address the special meeting of the World Trade Organization, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the founding of the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, known as GATT, the motor of the opening of global markets since 1948. Clinton is to make an evening visit to Geneva Monday to address the WTO, of which Cuba was a founder member. Castro said Wednesday he would have nothing against a meeting of the two.